Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're giving dad tips in leading your family through change. And you may be wondering, where's Angie? Well, she is 10 days overdue with our ninth child, and it was prudent to let her relax today. So uh, I thought I would deliver on some really, really important tips as you're navigating change and leading through change uh, with your family. So obviously, I think the wives will get a lot out of it too. Uh, but I hope the dads tune in because this is so important. And we have gone through a lot of changes, I'm sure you have. And one of the things that's important is we want to be proactive decision makers. We want to make decisions ahead of their necessity as much as possible because then you can communicate more, you can plan better, usually things are cheaper, and you have better outcomes than when you're forced into changes by circumstances or reacting too late. And I think more than ever, it's important that we're proactive decision makers. It's really, really crucial. You know, one of my mentors long ago, back in our Portland days, um, his name is Jim, uh, still dear brother in Christ, love him dearly. And he shared the story of the the boat and the skiers. And your you dads are uh, the boat, the captain of the boat, and your family, imagine them on water skis behind you all at the same time. And if you veer course just a little bit off course, off the best path, um, it swings them even further. And if there's rocks out there, it could be harmful to your family. And so you want to steer well. And sometimes you have to deliberately, thinking of boats, you have to deliberately, proactively steer ahead of time uh, to make sure your family uh, stays on the good water, if you know what I mean. Okay, so I hope that made sense to you. But uh, we're going to dive into this. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five tips for you here. Uh, they're going to be really good. And um, there's really a power in positive disruptions. And that's what this is about, too, which is I've spoke about this much, which is, you know, it, it, it's disruption can be very important and very helpful to your family. Sometimes we get stuck in rhythms in life and there, it's comfortable and there's a lot of discomfort in creating change and there can be fear and there can be anxiety and what if I make a wrong decision what if this ends up being worse for our family and so forth so that's definitely important to think about and I'm going to give you tips on how to make sure uh, the best you can that you're making really really good decisions to create the positive disruptions versus negative disruptions 
okay? Uh, before we dive in though, I just want to thank you for being part of the 1 Million Legacies movement. Every time you purchase something at CourageousParenting.com or CourageousMom.com, uh, it helps us continue as we're in full-time ministry. Also, every time you share, we know you're part of the 1 Million Legacies movement and give shout outs and so forth. As much as possible, we try and recognize you for that. And uh, on iTunes, giving written reviews and five star, that helps algorithms get it out there. So thank you so much. There's lots of free resources too at CourageousParenting.com and CourageousMom.com as well that you'll get a lot of help from. Do you realize there's way over 100 episodes? I mean, there's so much rich content in here. Do you want to know what our number one, just a little trivia here, our number one episode that has the most downloads ever is the one about strategic relocation. And uh, so you can look that up if you are considering moving uh, or just uh, want to know why it's so popular. So you can check that out there. Okay, so the first tip I have for you guys is things not to do. Here's the things you don't want to do. By the way, I've done some of these before and you don't want to do them. And these are the natural things. A lot of times the right decisions, the very best decisions are counterintuitive. They're counter to what we intuitively think to do. That's why it's so important. The Holy Spirit uh, is tapped into and we're getting godly wisdom. Like we're paying attention to the Spirit because sometimes what we would do is different than what the Spirit would have us do or how we would hit the Spirit would have us do things for a best outcome uh, and a best path for our families, okay? So don't do's uh, is decide and announce to your family a change. That is not effective at all. Um, it's sometimes there's some unique situations where it is necessary to meet uh, as a married couple and make a decision that you're both in alignment about and then announce it to your kids, especially depending on the age of your kids. There, that can be true. But in a lot of cases, especially if you have uh, middle-aged to, to, if you have uh, middle school kids to teenagers, um, you definitely don't want to just decide and announce. I like to include my kids as much as possible in as many uh, important decisions as I possibly can. I want their prayers. God listens to them, right? I want I want them involved, and people who are involved uh, embrace change much better. Just remember that. Uh, super important. So don't do that. Uh, don't move in your own strength. You really have to audit yourself on that because it can be so easy to do. So be really aware of when you're operating. Are you operating your own strength as you're making this decision or making this change or um, uh, something like that? Or are you really uh, tapped into the spirit and, and you believe you're making this, um, you know, because it's the right decision, not just for yourself, not just because uh, you're capable of doing it, but it's because the Spirit's moving you to do it as well. Okay, don't make decisions in fear. I've said this before, most decisions made in fear end up being bad decisions. Um, there's a better decision usually if you're not in fear. So if you're fearful of something, don't let that make you make the decision. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 addresses this. Super important. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I remember that verse when I start to get fearful or if I really reflect and I go, there's a little bit of fear involved to make me want to do this thing or to make this change or not do this best thing that kind of I feel convicted about, but I'm fearful and 
not making that decision, right? So it can go the other way too. Only, don't do this. Don't only do things where there are knowns. So that is also a sign of the other one that you're moving in your own strength. So it's really important. I've seen people do this so often. They limit the potentiality for them and their family and all that God wants to do through them because they're only doing things where they know uh, the facts about it and all the details and they, and everything is known. There's no unknowns about it. So it's a, it's a, it's a maximum safe decision. Wouldn't that be great if the best outcomes came from maximum safe decisions? The truth is, I don't really see that. I don't experience that in my own life, and I don't see that as being the case. So you're going to make good decisions with some unknowns. And, that, and when you're doing that, that is operating in trusting God and faith and making good decisions, even though there's some unknowns. So don't only do things with knowns. Okay. Uh, also don't have financial insecurity, meaning there can be times where, you know, there's not enough finances for something. There's a real practicality in that, but be careful not to make money an idol in a way that it prevents you from making best decisions because of financial unknowns. So that's what I mean by that. So don't, be so caught up in making sure that you're going to have every dollar for everything before you make some decisions. Now, sometimes that's prudent. I remember we had a dream, really feel like the spirit prompted us to do it, uh, to go on a three-month RV trip around the country and see most of the United States uh, before our oldest uh, jumps from the house. And we, uh, you know, things happened to kind of delay that dream. And we're coming up to where our oldest was about to go to college. Uh, and we had one last opportunity and it wasn't the ideal time, meaning finances weren't strong. And, you know, it was, it took some real figuring out to be able to cover our bills and still do the trip, but there really wasn't extra to do extra things. And there really wasn't extra in case, uh, you know, an emergency happened or things like that. So it really was a faith walk. We visited 34 states. It was one of the most profound experiences for our family over three months. I was working full time at the same time and there were real costs. Someday I'll share that with you, but there was real costs in my business world because of that. Uh, in fact, I believe I lost uh, my business at the time because of that, not because I wasn't able to work and things like that. Totally different. Um, but it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it to go on that trip. It's, I believe, what God wanted us to do, and he provided. And we did experience a breakdown on the trip, and he provided. And we couldn't afford to do everything we wanted, but he did God did find ways for us to do lots of things we wanted to do. And it was just a really amazing time. So, you know, a real prudent person that was operating in their own strength and really wanted to make sure they had the finances for everything that could happen, um, probably, in fact, you for surely wouldn't have done that trip. And so you have to be wise. You have to be listening to the spirit. You don't want to be foolish either and put your family in jeopardy. But I'm telling you. There was, that was a faith journey, and I'm so glad we did it. The final don't do, and we'll go into the tips, is don't make decisions out of selfishness. 
Don't make changes out of selfishness. Just because they're good for you, they may not be good for the whole family, and it may not be what God wants you to do. God may be wanting you to break out of your comfort zone in how you provide, for example. Break out of your comfort zone in um, leaving where your family is, or, you know, moving, or, you know, doing a different occupation, or, you know, changing who you spend time with, or changing churches, or, you know, there's all kinds of, what are the changes you're thinking about right now? The next point is be surrendered to God. Now, that's obvious, right? Uh, You probably knew I was going to say that, but there's some important things here. And I think about how I've been able to make some really amazing decisions. Now, I've made some really foolish decisions in my life. So don't think, be thinking, oh, Isaac always makes perfect decisions. It's just not the case. But as I look back, uh, the tips I'm giving you when I make them according to these tips, uh, those decisions ended up being very good ones. And by the way, the hardest decisions I've ever made, and I know this is true for Angie too, the hardest decisions we've even made together end up being the most fruitful outcomes, spiritually most important, fruitful spiritually for our family, the hardest decisions we've had to make in parenting and otherwise, frankly, okay? Be surrendered to God. And the first point under that is desire. Desire to serve God is your decision is part of it at least, have within it a desire to serve God. We're supposed to serve God in whatever we do. So that's a good test. Uh, Is there a desire to glorify him? Is there a desire to glorify God in the decision you're making? It might be, oh, I'm thinking about investing in something. I'm thinking about doing this. And there can be very practical, positive financial reasons to do things. But is your goal to glorify him? in the successes, the outcomes of that, the financial gains of that. Are you going to glorify him? Um, desire to be obedient to God. Are you desiring to be obedient? Because God loves us so much, he wants us to do those things. And I don't know about you, but I want God behind my decisions, my plans, supporting you know my family to do really awesome things i want god they're fanning our flames and i can never guarantee that that's the case he is making decisions um, to help people and sometimes we go through challenges for other people's benefits uh, learning lessons and for our own learning lessons and sometimes it has nothing to do with you know whether we did the right things or not just challenging and tough things happen so this isn't a ticket to to uh, the, the greatest outcomes, but I do want to do things that God wants me to do. And I want to have a heart for God and for sharing God with other people in the things I'm doing, because that's what God wants of us. But also he's more likely to get involved and to bless the direction I'm going. Okay. So I think that's really important in Colossians uh, 323, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Okay? So whatever you do, that includes everything. All right? The next thing under surrender to God is trust the Lord. Now, some practical things with that. Do you believe he will take care of you? Do you believe that? If you believe that, then you won't do one of the don't do's above, which is only doing things with knowns. You won't be operating only in your own strength, which is another don't do from a previous. 
you will be trusting the Lord. Recently on our property, and this happens a lot, uh, the, the, pro- the house came with a well that's 420 feet deep, evidently, and it's got unbelievable high fluoride content and some other things that makes it really acidic on, on the skin and just not the best water. Certainly, we didn't drink the water. We've been uh, having bottled water since we moved uh, to this place and with hopes to get better water. And so we did a lot of work to try and find good water. Eventually, I had to just hire the well diggers to dig a new well. There was an old well on the property, which I heard through rumor that uh, went 60 feet and and caved in, but there was good water somewhere within 60 feet. So I said to the well digger, let's dig near this old well, try and find that same water uh, because I was told it's good water. So they dug and they found good water, uh, pretty shallow, uh, but then they sealed it the first 37 feet because that's what they're supposed to do. And so then all the water was gone and we went 150 feet, very expensive. And I could have gone further. Like the natural thing is to go further and look for water. But you know what? A brother went down there and prayed over the land before the drilling began. Other people were praying for us to have good water. And I believe God wants us to have good water. I trust the Lord. I trust that he has our best interests in mind. And I believed that, you know, the water was that shallow water that we're supposed to have. It just, I just felt a conviction in that. So I abandoned their efforts. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Now, the logical thing to do would keep digging, keep digging, and you'll find water eventually, and maybe it's going to be good. Because um, a lot of times wells are, you know, waters to two, 300 feet, that kind of thing. So we abandoned it. And we started a new well, and we found that shallow water again. And because we dug the other one, we got a waiver from the county to be able to use the shallow water. And it's wonderful. It's now pumping through our house, and it is a complete change, and it tested out beautifully. So I just, you know, making those, if I didn't have a strong, if I wasn't surrendered to God, if I didn't trust God, it would be hard for me to make bold moves like that and abandon a well that already cost $65 $65 a foot and there's 150 feet and start a new one. Okay. Right next to it. So you just have to think about that. Do you trust the Lord? Do you believe he will take care of you? And can God trust you? I ask myself that sometimes, you know, can God trust me? Can he trust me um, with this? Can he trust me with that? And I like when I can say yes. I don't like when I'm like, not sure. 
You know what I mean? Can God trust you? I believe he can trust me. I believe he can trust my wife, Angie. I believe he can trust us. It doesn't mean everything's going to go well for us because not everything does. But I believe we want to be trustworthy and God is more likely to get behind the things and give us clarity about the things we are supposed to do that are in step with his spirit. Um, you know, things that could maybe hinder you believing God can trust you is if you have deliberate hidden sin. Too many men have that. What is that for you? Is there anything like that? Let's get rid of that, right? Uh, another thing that could be uh, making it to where God uh, can't trust you is if you're prideful. God humbles the proud. Are you prideful? Are you arrogant? Do you have idols that are more important than reading the Bible and your relationship with God and walking strong with him? Okay. And under God, can God trust you? Where is your identity? Is your identity in Christ or is your identity in sports? Is your identity in God, walking strong with God, or is it in uh, investing, right? The crypto world or something like that. Is it in, uh, I hope not gaming. I don't think anybody listening to this would be where we're spending all their time in gaming. But what is distracting? Anything that's an idol is distracting you from what's most important, your relationship with God right? He doesn't want anybody to have idols. Can God trust you? Okay. That's under surrender to God. The third main point here is you got to communicate and this is going to get practical. So first thing you got to communicate with your wife. And I never come to my wife with a pre-made decision. If it's something important, like simple things, little things. Yeah. We don't talk to each other about everything, but if it's a major thing, if it's a change for our family in any way, any aspect of our lives, including financial, you know, if it's major financial, we're going to talk about it and I'm going to get her away from the family. We're going to do a date night or a date night in, and we're going to talk about it. I go, honey, what do you think about this? You know, I've been praying about this and thinking about this. What do you think about this? And a lot of times God already has her thinking about the same things. It's really cool. Not always. And sometimes she brings things to me. Uh, God's really prompting my heart. This happens a lot too. And, and, and we talk about it, but first your, your spouse, talk, talk to your wife and be praying together and talking about the change and, and all the things. And we have these brainstorming sessions about things, you know, inevitable plan, a plan, B plan, C potential outcomes, uh, ripple effects, things that impact this from this decision, that decision. And we really flesh things out. Um, if they're really important things, super important. Um, you know, I've, I remember business goals, uh, you know, there was meetings where I didn't just decide to do certain business goals because there's sacrifice involved in, you know, growing a business and going to a new level with what you're doing. And so I've had meetings with her where, you know, I talked candidly about the sacrifice and the period of time of potentially sacrifice of my time and, um, fam time with family and things like that. It's important. Um, I can think back to, communicating things I've had to communicate well on, like, you know, being prompted, Angie and I being prompted to plan a church. We had to have really good communication with our family before that. I'm going to talk about how to communicate with your family. Uh, the vineyard, we did a vineyard that, that was, uh, there was communication involved with that. If I didn't communicate well on that, people wouldn't be into helping do it. Right. Uh, super important. Uh, how about our move from, from Oregon to Idaho? Lots of 
family communication, uh, doing ministry, leaving the business world and, you know, full-time ministry, uh, all the trips we've been on and where we go and how long we're gone and what we do and all these different, what kind of trip is it? Is it a vacation or is it a, is it a, a, a ministry trip where, yeah, we're going to do fun things, but we're not just going to sit by the pool all the time and, and be in, and relax. This is more of an adventure trip, uh, with ministry involved in minded, or is this just a total relaxation, uh, vacation? And hopefully that there's ministry too, because we want to be a light to people. There's a little bit of a difference. So communication about those things I think is super important. So I always, uh, I don't come in with certainty and a decision made with my wife. I come in with thoughts, ideas, um, time to pray, no, not having to rush into a decision. Ideally, sometimes you have to set things are thrust upon you, uh, situations, you have to make quick decisions that happens, but communicate well, have time to pray together and let the spirit go before you. Okay. And then your kids, depending on how old they are, but I really, really love getting my kids feedback. I don't get their feedback and everything. And they know when I'm getting their feedback that I may need to make a decision against what they say. They don't, they, they don't think that they are running the family, for example. They don't think that just because they have an opinion, that's the way it's going to be. And they don't come forward that way either. But they do know and trust that I am a loving father. I love them. I want what's best for them. And I want what's best for the family. And that I'm going to listen to them. They always know I'm going to listen to them. And I proactively ask. And I really love it. And I've really adjusted some of the plans and decisions I've made uh, based on their feedback. It has been amazing. And it is incredible. I see it as huge... um, uh, confirmation. That's the word, a huge confirmation to do something when my kids come in support of it. And sometimes they really shock me of the things that they're supportive because I think, Oh, they're probably not going to be supportive of moving because they have friendships and they have this and that and other thing. And shockingly on that one particular one, they were all in to moving, although they knew they were going to miss people and so forth, they knew it was what was best for them and our family, which is really, really cool. So I, I just, I just appreciate that and I love that uh, very much. In Psalms one eighteen eight, it said, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man." So let's trust in the Lord, right? And um, also under communication. You want to get lots of feedback and give your kids and, and your wife time to give that feedback. Don't just demand it right when you present something. Give them at least days, right? Maybe weeks to pray about it and think about it and then circle back and have another meeting and talk about it. And I think that is so important. The next tip I have for you guys is research. You've got to be good at researching. You have to lead well. Um, poor leadership is spontaneous is just following your gut without really vetting things out. Um, now not everything can be vetted out. Sometimes, sometimes there's not enough time and you have to make quick decisions. So there's a time for that, but a lot of times there is time and you could do really good research. And so let's not bring so much certainty in, even if we feel it about something without doing the ample research and really understanding things, because you're leading your family 
to a place, you're leading a family to a change, to um, different relationships, to a different church, whatever it is, to doing something. Uh, maybe it is planting a church for you too. I don't know. Uh, so lead well in that. Do ample research. I'm telling you, like when we were moving, you know, you if you listen to our episode on strategic relocation, you know, I read a book, many books, and did lots of research on the internet about not just, you know, cool places to live, not just the political structure and is it more conservative and things like that. I looked at weather patterns. I thought about my kids' interests and where that they would have more opportunity potentially, especially my older ones, to do the things they love to do. I thought about, you know, and Angie did too, just we, we really were thoughtful and we're thinking not just about ourselves and not just about a few things uh, that are really important, um, but many, many things. And it really, it really made where we went more narrow. And then I believe because we did so much research and communication and trust of the Lord and followed this process, surrendered to God and didn't do the wrong things that I mentioned earlier, that God just opened doors when we moved. It was like so many green lights after we made the decision, after we decided to move to a certain place and, and uh, just all the things, how we got the house we're in and just everything was just really miraculous and amazing to us and the people we've met and the friendships and all those things because we weren't hasty. We did research and we did decide quickly within weeks of where to go, but we went and visited and we brought our kids and we just did a lot of things with that. Okay. Now under research, I have get counsel from others. Be very careful. Take very few opinions, but you do want to take the right few opinions. I say this because you have to be careful. A lot of times people's uh, opinions, the wisdom they give you is really, really biased, um, is really ungodly, uh, even if they're from godly people. And it's, you have to, you have to make sure you're asking people who are these same tips. Are they surrendered to God? Do they desire to glorify him? Do they trust the Lord? Um, you know, are they trustworthy to God? You know, it's really, really important that you have most importantly, just people in the word, people that are reading the word, they're godly, they actually know you and they're not just going to impose their own experiences upon you. Be very careful who you get counsel from. And there's been very, there's been many times some of our biggest decisions I didn't get counsel from some people very close to me. Uh, there have been times I did that, and they ended up being very, very good decisions. And there's times where I did get counsel, and it was really helpful. So you have to just be careful on that. And final tip for you guys is execute with unwavering confidence. Okay, unwavering confidence. It is so important to do that because a lot of times uh, people are unsure in their decisions. And then it creates insecurity in the people that are following them. And who's following you? Hopefully your wife's following you. Hopefully your kids are following you. And if you're a good leader, and it's biblical that your family's following you as the pastor and leader of your family, servant of your family is how I would call that, serving well by making good decisions, by leading them to great destinations and uh, great um, plans and uh, things to do and uh, wise things to do. It could be so easy though. Like, you know, if you're the provider of your family, you probably are. It's, um, 
it could be very easy to make decisions in selfishness, make decisions in insecurity, um, maybe not be bold enough sometimes, and uh, other things you could do that could make better outcomes for your family, enable you to move, enable you to uh, do different things, have more flexibility. Maybe there's some fear. Maybe you're not making decisions because of fear in that. So just remember that. And then when you finally do make the decision, or maybe you decide not to do it after doing this process. Sometimes you decide against doing something. But if you decide to do something, make sure you execute with unwavering confidence. And you keep that confidence strong. Now, as you're on the journey, if you if you made any mistakes, definitely be humble and open about that. Because we're human and we make mistakes. And people like following people who are honest about their mistakes. Trust me, people know you're making mistakes, so you might as well just admit it because then they trust you more. If you don't admit it and they know it, then they're just losing trust and you're losing influence even in your own family. So that is super, super important. So in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, it says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So don't be a great beginner and poor finisher. We want to be a great finisher. We want to follow through on the decisions we make. We want to lead by example in that. Despite the challenges and the things happening, we want to have, we want to have an unwavering faith that things are going to happen, that God is for us. And you can have that when you're surrendered to God, when God knows that your desire is to glorify him and be obedient and serve him and trust in, and you're trusting in him. It's so much easier to be bold, even when things don't look great in front of you. It's so much easier to be bold and courageous and be a resolute man and do the things you're supposed to do versus what's easy and comfortable and natural and what people around you maybe are doing. And maybe what you're doing looks strange. I'll tell you, most of the decisions I have decided to make look strange to the people around me that are bigger decisions. And you know what? If your decisions always look normal to the people around you, you're probably making some inferior decisions for your family uh, compared to what's possible. And what might those be? I want to challenge you right now to stir up in yourself the boldness and the courage because you're tapped into God, because your relationship is strong and you're hearing from God, you're reading his word. So you can have confidence in the decisions you make. You have confidence in God supporting you and being there for you and backing you up and providing and all of these things because you are walking strong. So execute with unwavering confidence. There are my dad tips in leading your family through change. So lead well. Thanks for joining us. And please pray for Angie. Please pray for a new baby. And uh, we are hoping for healthy baby, healthy mom. And uh, we will let you know soon how um, everything turns out. But uh, right now, uh, things are good. Uh, but she's 10 days late, as I said. And uh, you know how that can be. So um, Angie's strong and uh, strong in the Lord and doing great. But please do pray. Prayer makes a difference. God listens to your prayers. And the more people that pray, it actually does have an impact. So please do it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. 
Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.